Hi, besties. You're listening to Long Distance BFF. I'm Tristan. And I'm Samantha. We're your new best friends. Each episode, we'll dive into friendship head first. We'll talk about celebrity friendships, heartwarming friendships, and maybe share some tips to keep your friendship strong along the way. We're the friendship experts. Hi, besties. Hello, besties. So we originally were going to talk about the content in this episode with our last episode, but we ran out of time. So we're just making this a little bonus episode for the month of October. A little bonus Halloween episode. Yeah. So we got some, we got some serial killer content here. And this is fun because, so I've always thought this was really weird how obsessed we are with serial killers. Mm-hmm. I think one of the top shows on Netflix right now is about Jeffrey Dahmer. Right. And I've been scared to watch it. I've been told that it's very disturbing. So I haven't watched it. I I watched three episodes and then I had some nightmares and I decided (laughs) it's just not worth it. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. But I did see the, did you see the movie about what we're talking about right now? So I saw it a long, long Same. time ago. It was, it's very vague. I just remember parts of it, mm-hmm. but yes, I have seen it. Yes. Same. I watched this movie years ago, probably when it first came out. So we are talking about Eileen Wernos. I think that's how you say it. Wernos, Wernos. Yeah. Wernos, I believe. So she, so the movie Monster with Charlize Theron, who won an Oscar for the movie, is based on Eileen. Correct. So we are talking about Eileen and her best friend, Don Botkins. Right. Childhood best friend. Yes. And I mean, they were best friends as, as, as children, teenagers, and then we're not best friends when Eileen went on her killing spree. <laughs> right. Life gets in the way. They weren't <laughs> yes. best friends anymore. And then she finds out about her going, you know, through the trial and stuff. And that is when she decides it's time to rekindle her friendship. <laughs> yes. Don decides I'm going to get in touch with my old friend who's on death row now. Right. So yeah, Don Botkins has actually done a lot of press and written Well, I don't know. She didn't write the book, but she released a book with all of their letters that they had written back and forth for the Mm -hmm. 10 years that Eileen was on death row. So she went to jail prison in 1991-ish, or that's when she was on her killing spree. I don't know exactly when she went to prison, but she was executed in 2002. Correct. Yes. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I guess just a little bit of backstory on Eileen, for those of you who don't know, (laughs) is that she killed seven men between 89 and 90, 1989 and 1990 in Florida. She acted as a woman of the streets (laughs) (laughs) and um, yeah, and would murder them. Right. So she would claim that they raped her Mm -hmm. or attempted to rape her. And that is 
her reasoning on why she would murder them mm-hmm. until the end until the end on mm-hmm. her later years on death row she just said she murdered them right. but don botkins her best friend claims that she said that because she was ready to go she wanted to be executed so did you know why they knew it was a woman who was killing these men no so there was a criminal profiler And since the men had all been shot in the chest, he said that most men, when they murder somebody, they shoot them in the head. So they knew because they were all shot in the chest that it was a woman. And that's what the reason where she shot them is why they started looking for a woman. Interesting. I wonder what the reasoning would be why a woman would shoot in the chest and a man would shoot in the head. I wonder if it's height. I know she was very small. She was very petite. She was five foot one. So it could be height. I don't know. Right. (laughs) That's as high as she could reach. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I don't know. I I don't know the reasoning of it, but Mm -hmm. that was from a criminal profiler. Mm -hmm. And he said, we need to start looking for a woman. Yeah. Well, we know where to shoot some men if we (laughs) shoot them in the head. Shoot them in the head. Shoot in the chest. Oh, gosh. So so going back. So like I said, Don Botkins has done a lot of press, a lot of interviews, and she has told everything she knows and knew about Eileen from when they were children. She said that Eileen, I mean, everybody knows. Well, I mean, you can look at this, do a little bit of research and you see that Eileen had a terrible childhood. Oh, the worst childhood Mm -hmm. it almost makes you it makes you understand where she is where the mental block has started with her being able to murder these men Mm -hmm. where it's where the root is oh yeah she just never had a chance from the beginning her father was actually a child predator and was in prison and killed himself in prison she never met him her mother was mentally ill And abandoned her at her grandparents' house, where her grandfather sexually abused her. And she just didn't know any better. She, they were poor. She mm-hmm. what? She knew that she could get things from people by well, doing by favors. doing favors. Yeah, and that's what they called them, favors. But she, but you can't, how could you blame this child who's molested from who knows what age, Mm -hmm. who doesn't know any better other than this is a transaction. Mm -hmm. The poor thing at 13 is raped and and then becomes pregnant. Yes. And they send her off to a teen pregnancy. What it was like a school, but yeah, like a teen pregnancy. Send her away to have the baby. Yeah, I wonder where that baby is now. Right, and if if they they even know, know. right? Yeah, (laughs) we're all (laughs) saying everything at the same time. What they know? (laughs) Yeah, gosh. (laughs) But yeah, I I would wonder too. But yeah, so she obviously placed the child up for adoption. Mm -hmm. Thirteen, and Don Botkins says that. The father of that child was a 60 year old man that right. would take it. He would invite all the teenagers over and give them alcohol and everything and take advantage. And obviously Eileen was one that he knew he could, he could take advantage of. It's just terrible. Yeah. Well, and 
I know a lot of predators would, I don't know a lot of predators. <laughs> I have heard a lot of predators that do this look for the children that no one's going to believe or listen mm-hmm. to. Here is a girl who her grandma passes away. So she's just being yes. raised by her grandpa who abuses who her also abusing her. He knows that he can do. And then also being known as doing favors for mm-hmm. other kids for cigarettes and things like that. Nobody is going to believe this girl, even if she runs around and tells it, it screams at the top mm-hmm. of her lungs. No one is going, even if they believe her, they don't care. Mm-hmm. They're not going to listen to this poor child. Mm-hmm. And that's, you can tell when Dawn is telling the, the story that she, she says the same thing. No one was going to believe her. And you can tell that Dawn believes her. Dawn right. believed her. When, because she didn't meet, she didn't know her at that time. They met when they were both 16 and Eileen was 13 when this happened to her. So Don said she knew of her because she was friends. Their brothers were friends or, or something like that. Yes. Yes. I was reading into that and I got a little confused on mm-hmm. what she was talking about, but yes. Yeah. You can tell Don is not, she's they're They're from the same neighborhood you know it's not a super affluent place you can tell dawn is just kind of doing what she can to get by and right when i was first reading all of this information and seeing all of the press that dawn was doing i was like oh my gosh if they were really friends how could she just go out and do all this but i think she needs i think to. dawn as well doesn't know any better mm-hmm so this was um, Eileen's childhood as told by Don, and mm-hmm. they lost touch for years during Eileen's killing spree. She killed the seven men and then got caught and went to prison and Don got back in touch and started visiting her mm-hmm. for 10 years, visited her, wrote letters. According to Don, she sent her around $500 a month. And she didn't have that kind of money. She claims that she actually lost her house. Her house was foreclosed on because she was sending Eileen money, which is interesting. And Dawn says also, she says she knows that Eileen killed those men and she thinks that she should be in prison and she should have, she agrees that the the execution was warranted. She never says, you know, oh, well, because of Eileen's childhood, she should have been let go. She never says any of that. She says, yeah, she was right where she needed to be. She's actually said in an interview that she thinks Eileen would have still, she wouldn't have quit. Right. She would have gone on to murder more men had she not been caught. But also I read something too, where she was saying that she would 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 not think about it. So whenever she was conversing with Eileen that she wouldn't that they wouldn't talk about it mm-hmm. and she would pretend that it didn't happen. Yeah, here's a a quote said by her. I am the only one that really knows the truth, but she didn't have to come clean with me. I didn't even like talking about it. I did not judge her for it. I was there to be her friend. If I was to look at my friend and judge her for killing these people, I wouldn't have been able to have anything to do with her anymore. So I better put my judgment right the heck out of the bag and just go straight to the friendship thing. 
forget anything bad she's done because I can't be friends with her then. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, you can't really get a better friend than that mm-hmm. who's going to stand by you and just ignore just... that you've murdered seven men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Honestly, what a friend. And to send, if she did, send her $500 a month. I mean, so I'm thinking this way. I mean, I know that they're both, they, it seems like they both have something maybe wrong. not clicking yeah. right in their brain. But saying that Eileen was a normal friend, this is where I'm getting into the friendship thing. If I knew, so say I'm Eileen and okay. I'm in prison and you're sending me $500 a month and I know that it's hurting you mm-hmm. to send me that much money, I would not let you do it. I would stop you. Mm-hmm. I, I'd come up with another price. Yeah. Why, you know, like if this 500 is hurting you, what about a hundred dollars yes. a month? And or that 250? Seems like, it seems like a lot. I mean, $500 a month in prison. What are you buying? That's a right. lot of bags of Takis. <laughs> anybody else watch Orange is the New Black? Wasn't yeah. it Takis or Hot Cheetos? Something like that. I think that it was, was yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, that just seems like an excessive amount of money. Although I've never been to prison. Maybe she had to buy her safety. I don't know. Right. Yeah. I don't know where it's coming from. Maybe she you're right. Maybe it was something that we're not thinking of and it could have been buying safety or something like that. But as a friend on the inside, I would just hate to drag you down too. Mm-hmm. I'm suffering in here because of my decisions why should you be suffering as well? Yes. And I did a little deep dive. (laughs) I went, I went down into the depths of Facebook because there was a Facebook community called Eileen Wernos slash Don Botkins. Now who knows if this was real, the person who runs it or ran it, it was, it, I think 2016 was the last post said that they were a friend of Dawn's and they were selling a lot uh, on this Facebook page, posting pictures of the letters, like the original letters and cards that were written by Eileen and like auctioning them off. And the person who ran it said that they were a friend of Dawn's and that Dawn had been swindled out of a bunch of money from some serial killer collector person. And so now she was afraid to sell these things. Um. And that Dawn has MS and is on disability and doesn't have a lot of money and was now selling these things. And apparently in Eileen's will, this was what I was going to say earlier, in Eileen's will, it said she was leaving everything to Dawn for Dawn to do with as she pleased. She could sell it if she needed to. So that was their thing. Cause people were saying, if you really cared about her, if she was your friend, you wouldn't be trying to get money for it. But if right. that's what Eileen gave her blessing for, then, then fine. And if she needed the money, if she's on disability, I mean, you well, do what and you have to do. If you need the money and there's something that you have that is worth a value to somebody and you can sell it, mm-hmm. what is it? They don't want your, 80s couch that's mm-hmm. in your house or you know yeah they're gonna pay hundreds of dollars for a letter exactly and it's something that you don't need you've already scanned it or mm-hmm. taken a picture of it yeah it's and gonna it, be hard to let that 
Right. And all they want is the actual letter because it's not the letter that means anything. It's the words on it that, that are important. Mm -hmm. And she's already had that. And now in a way it feels like it's Eileen paying her back. Yeah. Yeah. All of the stuff that she, for all the money that Dawn was pouring out, this is Mm -hmm. a payback. And I don't, I don't see that as any kind of betrayal selling that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's a good way to, to see it. Um, so Dawn actually spent Eileen's last night in prison with her. And she says that Eileen refused her last meal, which the press just went crazy. She said the press went crazy. She refused her last meal. But what they didn't know was that Dawn was allowed to bring $20 worth of food in for her. And all she wanted was two calzones and a soda. (laughs) So she went in and they had, she had their, her last meal with her. She was her last visitor. And I think that's when they made all of the plans for, for Dawn to get Eileen's possessions. I think that's, um, even though she's a murderer and they, and not a good person, it doesn't mean that I don't think that somewhere there should be some kind of human decency as in I like that Don was able to go and see her because mm-hmm. it's not always closure for the inmate it's sometimes closure for the friends mm-hmm. and the family I don't remember reading whether or not Don was there for the execution I know I think that they let people come and witness witness but yeah not I don't imagine in the room no but they're like behind, in the movies, they're just behind the glass. <laughs> right. And we all know movies are real. <laughs> I don't know. But I have heard there is like a viewing area. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. For I think usually for the family of the victims and the family of the the accused. Right. Of the it feels like the it'd be less and less popular as we move on. Mm-hmm. I can imagine that being something very popular a long time ago. Mm-hmm. You go and you watch this execution. I don't think this is something that's that we do now. Yeah. As yeah. much. I don't know. Interesting. Um, one thing that I thought was funny, well, funny or morbid, <laughs> was that <laughs> so Don was in charge of Eileen's ashes. And Eileen wanted, so Eileen had a girlfriend who she always called the love of her life. Even after her girlfriend testified against her, she was one of the big reasons why Eileen was, was put in jail and on death row. And she still called her the love of her life, which Dawn was honestly the only one that stuck by her. Right. And always was that even though she knew and admitted, yeah, she did it and she deserves to be on death row she still stuck by her and so dawn was in charge of her ashes and eileen said i want you to spread my ashes in florida on this one certain beach that she had gone to with her with her girlfriend and dawn said here's a quote i don't mean to hurt your feelings but the last place anyone in florida wants is your ashes on that beach you killed seven of their loved ones you're coming home here you pick out a walnut tree from pictures and your ashes are coming home with your best friend. And that's that. 
<laughs> wow, that is really yeah. <laughs> good for her because I feel like it, I get the feeling that she was a pushover yeah. when it came to Eileen, mm-hmm. I, you know, with sending all that money and just the way she overlooked everything. And I feel like she was a pushover. But to say that, I, yeah. I do like that at the end, she said, I'm not doing that. Yeah. And that was so respectful to the Floridians yes. <laughs> that this these were their family members, people mm-hmm. that they loved and mm-hmm. that are now gone because of her. I yeah. think that's really respectful. Yeah. I like that. Yep. And she said that Eileen finally agreed and her ashes are are there and she has the most beautiful tree. Oh, so it's still sweet. Mm-hmm. And then another quote from her was, I loved being her best friend. So many friends of mine said, how can you be friends with her after what she's done? I said, it's got nothing to do with what she's done. It's got to do with our friendship. Oh, well, that's really sweet. I do like that. Mm -hmm. The main part of the friendship was the 10 years of them writing letters and visiting while Eileen was on death row. Right. I guess they, they got close. So I wonder what it was that made her want to reach out again. So you have this childhood friend, it fizzles off, but what was it about the trial? Was it that she felt like she needed her? What was it about the trial that made her want to reach out now that you haven't seen this person in years, Mm -hmm. you find out they're a murderer and then you decide, you know what? I need to be their friend. I don't know. That's really interesting because there's lots of people from my childhood that I've seen, you know, on Facebook or something's happened and I'm like, Ooh, that's interesting. And then I move on with life. I'm not like, Oh, I'm going to reach out. Cause especially if they were in prison. (laughs) Yeah. That would, that to me would confirm that, okay, this, this distance is a good thing. Yes. I've moved on with my (laughs) life. (laughs) I don't know. That's interesting. And, and again, it goes back to maybe she was wanting to profit off of it. I don't know. Maybe she knew. I don't know if she would, if she had the foresight to know that she was going to benefit financially from They're like, they're the original long distance BFFs. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. I feel like we're just copying them now. I had no idea. And now I realize that we're not even, Mm -hmm. I thought we were like the original long distance BFFs, no, but it's Eileen and Don. Yeah. <laughs> 12 years. <laughs> I know. So, okay. So I got to talk about the movie real quick. Cause I thought this was interesting. So Charlize Theron spent time with Don Botkins at her home, going through all of Eileen's things, because remember Don inherited all of her things, her, uh-huh. the letters, her clothes from jail, Charlize, thrown looked at her bra and you know had to decide because Charlie's gained a lot of weight for this role (laughs) and so that's kind of how she got to know Eileen got to know how she was going to portray her even though you can judge a lot by someone's bra (laughs) yes it's interesting how in the movie they don't talk about her childhood at all she I mean it's called it's titled monster they portray her as just murderer. They, they do show her being taken advantage of by men. And that's kind of why she starts to murder them, but they don't show the childhood stuff. They don't talk about 
And that's when your brain is forming. That's when everything uh, you're becoming who you're supposed to be. Yeah. Very formative years. And all this is happening from, and we honestly have to say possibly from birth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so Charlize spent some time with Don Botkins and after the movie was made, after she visited with them and got everything she needed to get to do her role. She sent them a Chevy truck. I think she must have noticed they had a need for a new truck. She sent them a truck. And when Charlie's throne was accepting her Oscar at Oscar night, which Don and her husband were invited to. So they got to go on a whole weekend trip. We're chauffeured around in a limo, got to go to the Oscars. She said that she was disappointed on Oscar night. This is Dawn. When the emotional actress, Charlize Throne, forgot to mention either her or Eileen in her acceptance speech. And mm. she said, and I quote, it was sad because it would have been Eileen's 48th birthday, says Dawn. I know it was the biggest night of Charlize's life, but it would have been nice if she could have paid tribute to the person who made it possible, Eileen. But I suppose to the rest of the world, Eileen will always be a killer, a monster. Oh. You know, she stuck up for her friend. Always. Even then, she said, why didn't, why didn't Charlize mention Eileen in her Oscar speech? Right. And I thought that's such a friend thing to do, to be disappointed in that. Uh, you know, during right. your crazy weekend in L.A. and and amazing trip of a lifetime to the Oscars but she says she didn't mention Eileen wow yeah and maybe it was just an oversight because really if she sent Dawn a car she invited her to this event she was appreciative for sure she's clearly appreciative and I know I know from experience I know from zero experience but I can imagine getting up there Everything flies out of your head. Exactly. Exactly. And you're thinking of the people that are closest to you personally, Mm -hmm. not necessarily, not necessarily thinking of the bigger picture of where this came Mm -hmm. from. So I definitely don't fault Charlie's for any of that. And what Don said was the, you know, the rest of the world will always see Eileen as a killer. Right. And it's true. So should she be thanked for murdering these men and for Charlize to be able to make a right. yeah, an award what? from the movie? Yeah. Exactly. No, that's that that's a very good point. Thanking that thank you, <laughs> Eileen, for all these murders. So yes. I can make a bunch of movie portraying you. I yeah. can see definitely why she did not thank her. Yeah. That makes but I just sense. thought it was really amazing that Don knew it was Eileen's birthday during that night and said, I wish she should have, I wish she would have mentioned her. Well, and by saying the world sees her as a killer is implying that she doesn't see her as a killer. Mm -hmm. And just sees her as her friend. That's what she says. She forgets. She doesn't think about all that other stuff because then she wouldn't be able to, to be her friend. It would be the same as the rest of the world thinks of her. Yeah, it makes me think of like love is blind. It mm-hmm. really is when it comes to this because she did these crimes, but she's looking past the crimes and looking at 
a deeper emotion. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, we thought this was going to be a shorter episode, but man, we're really talking it through. It's a good one. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed this. Another October kind of spooky murderer episode. Yes. Happy Halloween, everybody. Yes. Have fun. Enjoy your night. Halloween. Be safe. And send us your candy. Yes. Always. (laughs) Uh, By the way, I'm looking at Samantha on Zoom and her Christmas stuff is right behind her. She's ready. She is getting ready to decorate. It's ready to come out. It is not decorated yet, but not it yet. is ready. It's all of it's the bins. I see the bins and I the- see a snowman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's no hiding every- anything from you. Nope, I see it. But love is blind. So you love me <laughs> yes, anyways. <laughs> I love you even though you decorate for Christmas on November 1st. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you enjoyed it. Yes. Thank you, you guys. This was fun. If you guys have any ideas for any other interesting friendships, no matter how weird, maybe we'll dive into it. Yes. We love, we love doing this and talking about it. And yeah, please rate us on whatever app you're listening to us on. Give us five stars. Follow us on Instagram. All right. We'll see you next time. Love you, best friend. Love you, best friend. If you have a bestie question or comment or have a request, reach out to us via email at samandtrisldbff at gmail.com or message us through our Instagram, longdistancebff.com.